Who here has had a married person give them dating advice? Show of hands. Okay. You guys have not had any, or y'all just aren't participating? Okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I really didn't work on being considerate. Us. Anyways, uh, has anyone here gotten advice that was like really helpful? All right. Well, good. Okay. Anyone got any advice that was very unhelpful? Okay. Um, did you guys find that receiving dating advice from a married person is hard? Are you like, you don't know what it's like? Is that how you're feeling? Um, well, I had an experience like that one time that was just very, uh, very pronounced. It was incredibly wise advice, though. So I was, uh, this was maybe eight, nine years ago before Sarah and I were married. Um, I was in the summer between my junior and senior years of college. And uh, I was working at a ranch in Colorado, a place called Lost Valley Ranch, really good place. But anyways, okay, the, uh, the spring before I had met Sarah and we started hanging out, but in my lack, no, no one ever gave me talks about how to date, okay? And so uh, I never made my intentions clear. Uh, we just hung out with no direction whatsoever. It was, it was bad on my part, uh, but I left for that summer with us kind of up in the air. Um, and I got on this ranch around all of these uh, single Christian girls and had all these like, you ever had like a mission trip crush on someone before? Like the only reason you like them is because you're spending, you know, 24 hours a day with them all the time. And I had a bunch of crushes on these girls and uh, things with Sarah just blew up and I ruined it and all that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, on the ranch, they had this uh, Wednesday night chapel like thing when they'd bring in various speakers. And one of the uh, staffers dads actually came in and talked and um, he was talking about I think, I think, I don't even remember what he was talking about, but I think he was talking about keeping your focus on main priorities. And he's like, you guys might be really tempted to prioritize your relationships. But I'll just say, uh, those kind of things just tend to work themselves out. That was his dating advice. Uh, those kinds of things just tend to work themselves out. And I was like, that is BS, okay? Well, you know, the girl back home hates me, like... I have these, you know, my life, my resume is a mess. It's not going to work itself out. Um, and then, uh, lo and behold, I get back for my senior year of college, and in a really strange way, things just kind of work themselves out. Now, not prettily. I mean, me and Sarah had some stuff we had to work through, and the first few months of our dating relationship really was not that enjoyable. We, there was so much up and down, so much conflict, but things just kind of worked themselves out. And uh, I'm not going to say my, my first piece of advice is not that, okay? But there is a real sense. The Bible says that a godly spouse is a gift from God. That it's something he gives. Now, we're going to talk about the stuff we do, and we, we, we're commanded to do things. Um, but ultimately, in the big picture, um, the scriptures really clearly say uh, that God gives spouses. The Proverbs, Proverbs 18.22, uh, something you'll hear at weddings all the time. He who finds a wife, now just remember the Proverbs were written from a father to a son, so obviously we can just, this is spouse here, okay, but he who finds a, a, a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. A godly spouse is, is a gift of God's favor. Uh, Proverbs 19.14 is even, uh, even more clear. House and wealth are inherited from fathers, 
but a prudent wife is from the Lord. And uh, what's, I think, most interesting in my mind uh, about these Proverbs is that they were written in a day when 95% of people got married via arranged marriage, where mom and dad picked out your prospective spouse and basically made you marry them. And even in that kind of uh, structure where you're almost guaranteed to get married because you're forced to, okay, um, the scriptures say that a godly spouse is from the Lord. And how much more in our day when we have all this freedom and there's all these, I don't know if you guys ever felt that with someone you were interested in, the timing just wasn't right. Have you ever felt that? Uh, or maybe someone said that to you and really they were just, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. Anyways, but, uh, but you, you maybe felt that before. The, really, it's just the time's not right. And things just didn't quite work out. And so I, I want to say one umbrella under which we date um, is that ultimately God sovereignly gives you the gift of a spouse. Um, let me just give you two images. Uh, one of a uh, foundation of a house and second of a giant umbrella, whichever you prefer, okay? Um, and the thing about, and, and, as we, and there's all sorts of things that we should do as we think about dating. Some things I'm going to talk about in a minute. Uh, practical things. Uh, like, how, well, anyways, we'll get there. But, um, but they are all under the big umbrella that God sovereignly, as a gift, gives you a spouse. Um, Martin Luther, I'm going to quote Luther a lot uh, tonight. He was the founder of the Reformation, great guy. Uh, but he said a lot of really, some really interesting things about marriage, but some really good ones too. Uh, he said this, a good wife uh, is not found accidentally and without divine guidance. On the contrary, she is a gift of God and does not come as the heathen imagine in answer to our planning and judging. So in Luther's mind, um, you don't just go out and get a wife or a husband for yourself. Um, that may, it may feel that way sometimes. It may look, but, but ultimately, a godly spouse comes from God. And let me just, uh, let me just uh, apply this practically for a moment. Um, some of you guys in here are uh, kind of desperately yearning for a spouse, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It means God made you be married, and that, that's okay, and it's painful, and it's hard. But you are, you are very tempted um, to attempt to control the entire process, uh, to change yourself, um, maybe not even in biblical ways, so that you'll be more attractive, to kind of figure out how you can win for yourself a spouse, and, um, or how you can make this happen for you. And I just want to say that God has to give you a spouse. Um, that ultimately it's a gift of his, that you should view it not as something that you earn by doing all the right stuff, by praying enough, by whatever, but as, as something that he sovereignly chooses to give. Um, and just some practical, pra more practical things. Uh, if that's the case, then um, you should actually, actually pray about a spouse and about dating. We, we love to say, yeah, I'm praying about it, when what we really mean is I'm thinking about it, Right? Like, you'll say, I'm praying about asking this girl on a date, and really what you're, what you're meaning is I'm daydreaming about her, okay? That's uh, true. So I, I, I think we should actually, um, or, you know, I'm, you should actually spend time, if you're someone who's not married and you want to be married, like, you should spend significant amounts of time asking the Lord to give you this good gift, trusting him for it. Uh, also, 
Uh, if God ultimately gets a spouse, you can view your setbacks and successes under God's providence. Someone you're interested in starts dating someone else and they get engaged and married. Well, that stinks. Okay, that really stinks. But that falls under God's good providence. You get someone great and you blow it. That stinks. But ultimately, that falls under God's providence and he's going to work it out for good. Um, I think that there's a struggle, particularly in, in groups like this. Uh, I say this gently. It's really tempting to be angry with or frustrated when someone gets the good gift and you don't, or when man, man, heck, someone goes out on a date with someone you want to go out on a date with and you can, and you're you know you're frustrated. And I just want to say, really, ultimately, what's going to protect you from those struggles that are real? is just considering that God is providentially arranging these things and that his providence is a good thing. Um, finally, uh, if God gives a good spouse, <clears throat> what, what you're aiming for when you date is not dating success. Wins are not the number of people currently interested in you or the number of dates that you can, can get. Okay, A win is that eventually, in God's timing, you find... Um, a godly spouse. If you, if you, um, let's say for, for girls, okay, if you're interested in 10 guys and none of them show any interest in you for years and then an 11th guy becomes your husband, that's a win. Guys, you ask 10 girls out on date and they just cold, cold say no, like not even a second thought, just no, okay? And number 11 say, says yes and you end up getting married, that is success. The, the, the main point of this, we haven't gotten super practical yet. Um, but seeing this whole process, as messy as it is, um, as, as, as a providence of God, um, that's just a game changer when you think about the practicals. When you think about how do I ask a girl out or how do I, you know, help a guy see that he should ask me out or whatever, okay? Um, all, all those things, uh, what, is that, is that awkward? Y'all think about that, don't you, right, you know? Um, but uh, the... The tone of those things, the manner in which you do them, uh, changes when you see that ultimately God's responsible for these things. And ultimately, he arranges them. And that's a good thing. You can trust that. Okay, uh, here's a question for you guys to uh, chew on just for a minute. Does the fact that God, that God has to provide a spouse mean that we don't actively pursue a spouse? All right, um, what do you guys think? God gives us spouses. If we get one, it's God's gift. Does that therefore mean we don't pursue one? What do y'all think? You guys said no, okay. Uh, any reasons why? Any like thoughts about why the answer is no? I mean, I think it's common sense that it's no, right? If you guys decide I'm just gonna lay on my bed for the next 10 years, you wouldn't get married. I don't care who God has picked out for you, okay? All right, um, but is there any more than just plain common sense that tells you no? Yeah, so that's a great observation. Notice that Harrison said God, uh, God ordains means. So if you notice, uh, the Bible, I think, very clearly says that God sovereignly saves people. That when anyone comes to know Jesus, that's God's work. However, he also commands us to share the gospel. Uh, when, when anything happens that's this good, it's a gift from God. Um, and God sovereignly knew that was going to happen thousands of years ago. Uh, but the book of James can say... The reason you don't have is because you do not ask that God's ordained 
um, that prayer be a means by which we get the good things we desire. Um, so, uh, but, but here's, here's what I, I want to try to be careful here uh, because some people, what some people need to hear is listen, God is sovereign and so you just need to rest. You need to take a breath about this. He's going to provide. Just keep doing the good things you're doing. I'm not pointing at anyone, okay? Just, I, this is what I do with my hands, okay? It's how I talk, all right, people? Okay? Um, uh, just breathe. But there, but some people will say, oh, God's sovereign, so I'm just going to chill, you know? And that's not what I want to say. Uh, the next practical principle is uh, if you are someone who is not content with celibate life, which means never having sex, if you're, if you're someone who's not content with that, so I, th- I think if you have the gift of singleness and you're content in that or you're given the ability to be content, then you should take initiative in your life uh, towards marriage. All right, and let me, let me just explain that. All right, I need some explanation. But first I want to just uh, let y'all hear some Luther quotes because he's so great and so wordy. Uh, Luther, uh, Martin Luther was in a day when uh, marriage was despised, that it was seen as a necessary evil. The Catholic Church had wrongly um, argued that celibacy was the holy way of life and that marriage was second best. So here are Luther's remarks in that regard. He says, uh, your body urges you to marry and needs it. God wills and forces it. What will you do about it? Next quote, he says, uh, whoever finds himself unsuited to the celibate life, life without sex, should see to it right away that he has something to do and to work at let them strike out in God's name and get married. If you have the gift of abstinence and can live without sex, well and good. Then abstain from sex life. But if you cannot without sin abstain from uniting to someone, then make use of the remedy that God points to you. And so uh, Luther uh, argues something really interesting here that is very awkward, okay? Uh, and he, he's arguing this, that your natural desires for sex, that your sexual desires were given to you by God to lead you, force you, as Luther would say, which is a very strong language, okay, into marriage. That, um, that in fact, God is giving you something impelling inside of you that is enabling you to get over the fact that marriage is scary and that responsibility is scary and that it'd be much more fun, probably, to live in extended adolescence and just kind of be a young adult and work and make, you know, and do your thing, okay? God's given you these sexual desires to drive you towards marriage. And one thing that's really uh, important to say, and it's, it's very awkward to say, but it's very important, is that um, sometimes uh, what, what is a, a real temptation is to sort of dabble innocently in sexual sin in your young adulthood and put off marriage and put off all the responsibilities of it and the scariness of it. It's really tempting, whether that's in, you know, living through fantasies in the media you watch. I don't know what media you guys watch. It's hard to watch anything that doesn't have romance and sex as a big part of it. Whether it's other, worse struggle, whatever. It's very tempting to dabble in those sins, um, to dull that drive, and to just kind of extend like a, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of living like a teenager, but now I have lots of money because I work. Okay? I'm not, and that, that's a... I'm not saying that's every. I'm not saying there's anybody in here, okay? But it's a real temptation um, to say I'm too busy, I'm too whatever, I'm too whatever. Um, 
And so I would say, the scriptures say that if you are someone who cannot imagine a celibate life, that you should really take seriously getting married. That it should be a, a serious consideration for you. It should be something you're actively pursuing, taking initiative towards. Um, <clears throat> let me give you an illustration, okay? Uh, let's pretend this would never happen. Let's pretend the US, US government, okay, started to mandate marriage. And they issued a, they issued a, uh, a command that if you were not, ma- if you're over 20 and you're not married next year, uh, a year from now, that you will get fined $50,000. And if you can't pay, you're gonna to go to prison for 10 years, okay? What would happen in this room? A lot of you guys would marry each other, okay? You would marry each other, right? Um, all, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the decision would not be, the decision would not be, okay, which one is like the person of my dreams? It would be, which one is best of the people around me, okay? And I'm gonna marry them, okay? They're a Christian, it's the best of the bunch, I'm gonna marry them, all right? Because you have this outward force impelling you to marriage, Martin Luther says your desire for sex is that, that it should function that way in your life, that you should, you should let all of the, like, you know, we talked about things you look for in a spouse, the essentials, they're a Christian, et cetera, and then all of the, like, ancillary things you kind of prefer. Uh, Luther would argue that your, your impelling desire for sex, which is a good thing, should help you get over all the, you know, number numbers 11 through 58 that you want for your potential future person okay um and of course before we before i go any further um i do want to say uh i'm not saying i'm not saying that if you're not married it's your fault um i'm not saying that uh you're not taking it seriously enough um many of you are doing all the things everything right you're serious about it you're thinking about it you're you're approaching it right and in God's providence, it hasn't happened yet. So just, just rest in that. Be cool with that, okay? But there is a real temptation towards extended adolescence in our culture. you got to be careful. Um, take seriously marriage to protect yourself from sexual sin. Uh, this was uh, maybe a month and a half ago. I was talking through uh, how the romantic comedy has ruined us. And uh, afterwards, uh, in a comment, Austin said something along the lines of, you know what, if... I don't have to have this like dream, whatever. I'm gonna get married this year, you know. And everyone in the room like starts dying laughing, but I think that's right on. Like, I think that's right on. Like, I think if you are someone who wants to be married, you should have it in your mind. Not that I'm gonna make this happen this year, but I could be married in a year, and I'm okay with that. Um, so we can, you guys can push back on that if you want to later. But taking initiative, practically, we're gonna get real, real practical, real uncomfortable here for a moment, okay? Everybody, okay? Um, Take initiative, if you want to be serious about getting married, take initiative to make yourself available. I don't mean like I'm available today, but like, like you have enough time, okay? You actually have enough margin and time in your life to date. If you, if you want to get married, you should have time next week to go on one or two dates in your schedule. You shouldn't be so strung out doing all the things you're doing, traveling every week and whatever, that you don't even have foreseeable time. Oh gosh, you want to go to date? Okay, how's how's March? Does March look good for you? How's, how's your March? You know, that's, that's not, and, and again, again, it's real tempting when you when you have when you have some money in your pocket and you have unlimited freedom uh, to live just strung out. I think it's good uh, to say, man, in this season of life, I'm trusting God. I'm not trying to make time alone, but I am I'm giving myself margin to pursue this. Um, 
And I'd say, of course, uh, take initiative to be an adult and be responsible for your life and be in a place where emotionally, mentally, you can say, I am life-wise, I am ready to be married. Um, okay, so guys, let's get awkward, okay? Uh, guys should be the ones leading in the dating process. They should be the ones putting themselves out there, being willing to be rejected, uh, being clear with their intentions. Uh, do not be the guy who vaguely Facebook messages a girl about wanting to maybe hang out sometime soon, okay? That is not a clear communication. Um, and I say that and you laugh at it, but guys, I did stuff like that when I was uh, younger. Um, so be direct about your intentions. Get the courage up, okay? Don't be like ridiculous, crazy. Don't do it in front of a crowd of people, okay? All right, no, not on the Jumbotron, okay? Uh, ask them for a moment apart, okay? And just say something on the, line, on the lines of, I'm interested in you. Um, and I'd love to pursue you. Um, is that something you would like to do? Are you available this week? Um, and if they, if they look scared, okay, here's what you do, okay? <laughs> if they look scared, here's what you do, okay? Say, why don't you let me know by Sunday? Give them th two or three days, okay? Make sure they'll call you back, text you, okay? And girls, if that happens, if a guy does that, okay, then you need to let your yes be yes and actually get back to them, all right? Um, it's on you now before the Lord to actually let your yes be yes and say, okay, I am actually going to think about it and I'm going to communicate with them clearly. If I'm not interested, I'm going to say, hey, I'm not interested, okay? I'm not going to say, mm, maybe another time. Don't do that, all right? Uh, does that make sense? So, so guys, again, guys, you guys, we'll do questions on all this in just a second, all right? I'm going to let you guys, I know you guys have like a thousand, like, well, what about this? What about, okay, um, so uh, guys should be the ones initiating the relationship. Um, and I just say, just practically, just, just real practical, take this or leave this. Um, it's okay to ask a girl out cold, like when you're not really sure, like when, or you have no idea, or when they're relatively new. But just if you do that, just realize it's much more likely you're going to get shot down. Okay? It's, it's, I mean, just, 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 just be okay with it. Don't be offended. If there's a girl you've known for a month and you ask her out, she shoots you down, don't be offended by that. Okay, all right. I guess, you know, whatever. Um, it's, it's probably a better approach. Um, to have spent not like years with this person, but at least enough time to have interacted with them in various contexts. Um, girls, okay, uh, if you guys are going to take initiative, uh, it looks different. Um, I think the pattern of male headship and and female supporting that headship and leadership even reflects a little bit in dating. So I'd say girls, um, I think for you it looks like being open to go on a date or even a few dates with, uh, and I'm gonna say this carefully, okay? With any Christian guy that you are not powerfully unattracted to, okay? <laughs> Let me say that, okay? Uh, any Christian guy that you are not powerfully unattracted to. So obviously, if there's someone who just drives you insane and you hate them and ask them to date, it's okay to say no, okay? However, uh, what I want, what I want, what I mean is, um, there does not. I think it's wrong to think that there must be an initial powerful emotional attraction at the onset before you say yes to a date. You are not signing the marriage license. It's just a Friday night. Um, and I would even say, uh, I know tons of married couples, I'm, I'm one of them, or one member of a married couple, um, who initially was not powerfully emotionally attracted to their now spouse who they're very happy with. 
Um, again, Matt's, Matt was really wise when he talked about whole person attraction and how that is something that can develop over time interaction. So girls, um, I would just really encourage you, um, unless there's a glaring spiritual issue, obviously, unless you, you know, unless you see something in your life, you're like, yeesh, there's some arrogance there, or there's some hard heartedness, or there's some, you know, improper speech, something that's glaring, okay? Or somebody you're just like, I just can't stand the sight of them, okay? That's, that, that's okay to say no to them, but I think otherwise, otherwise, be open to that. And uh, be okay with that. Give a guy a chance. I'm just kidding. Uh, also, um, I think that, and I want to be very careful about saying this, but I think there is a place, it's not ideal, but there is a place um, to help a guy you're interested in take initiative. So let me just explain that. Uh, I'm studying Ruth right now. We're doing a series on, in the spring, we're going to start a series on short Old Testament books you've never heard of, but you could read in one sitting. So we're going to do like Ruth, Jonah, Obadiah, and nah, It's going to be really fun. I'm excited about it. But uh, you can go home and read Ruth right now if you want to. It'll take you 10 minutes. But uh, Ruth does not just sit in her house and wait for her future husband to come calling. Uh, she actually goes and pursues him. Now, now her, uh, her circumstances were different. She was a widow in kind of dire financial straits. It was unique. So we can't just apply what she did to our, our day. But, uh, and the story presents her as righteous in doing so. So there's a sense in which girls, um, where you can help a guy take initiative. Let me explain that. Let me just give an example. Uh, again, I think the pattern in the New Testament is that a husband leads and a wife encourages and supports that leadership. Um, but let me give an example. Let's say uh, in my marriage, all right, uh, I am really dropping the ball on leading my bride spiritually. We haven't been in the Word together, haven't been praying together. I've just been blowing that. Okay, let's say um, something that would be wrong for Sarah to do would be like, hey, tomorrow, 9 o'clock, we're getting in the word. You're, you obviously can handle this, so I'm going to do it, okay? Meet me there, all right? That would not be helpful. That would be some undermining my leadership. But you could say, hey, sweetheart, I know you've been really overwhelmed at work and things are hard, but, you know, we haven't really spent time with the Lord together. I'd really love to. Could you think of a time and let me know? You'll see how that's different? Now, she's, she's actually helping me fulfill my God-given role to lead her well. I think there's a similar way um, way in which girls, if you see a guy who it seems like they're interested in you and you're interested in them and they're just dragging their feet or every time you get around them they start sweating or you know whatever, okay, whatever it is, uh, you can just tell that they're like or, or, or they're just spinning their wheels or they, or they won't. They're, they're one of those guys that's just kind of like, you know. Um, there's a sense that there's a way in which um, you can help them take initiative. Uh, what my wife did is go on a date with a different guy. I'm not saying do that, okay? Uh, but uh, <clears throat> you could say, I think you could even say something like, I don't know where you're at, but if you're interested in me, I'm okay with that. You think about it. Um, I think that's okay. I don't, that's not ideal, okay? But I think it's permissible. Um, because I think oftentimes what, what can happen uh, is two people who might be overthinking things are both really interested in each other and the guy's a coward and the girl's offended that he hasn't made a move and they just sit and spin their wheels for months, okay? And that's not healthy. Um, girls, I'm not saying that tonight you go out and ask your crush on a date. Okay, let me be really clear about it. I don't think that's a healthy pattern. But I am saying there are times in which you can help a guy initiate if they're just whatever. And I'd also say uh, for both girls and guys, um, just understand that um, one of the reasons that dating 
and we'll get here in a second, but one of the reasons dating is so messy and that this process of uh, girls might think, why aren't any guys worthwhile intentional? And guys might think, well, why do girls shoot me down? Or why do, why do girls play hard to get and why are they coy? And I, a lot of that is because um, we just have terrible examples throughout our cultures and in our lives of how to do this well. And so just know the process is going to be kind of messy. And don't expect um, every single Christian person of the opposite sex who's single to be perfect in this regard. Um, I'm not saying you lower your standards or you'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm fine with a guy who's passive. No, no. But I am saying just have some understanding in this. Uh, I say this as a guy who literally, I feel like in our dating relationship, I did everything possible you could do wrong with the exception of falling into gross sin with Sarah. I mean, all of the like the be intentional, make your intentions clear, uh, you know, don't, don't lead her on, don't send mixed messages. I did all that stuff. And so I can just say that uh, that wasn't necessarily intentional on my part. But just have some grace for people. Okay, um, I would say uh, in the mix of all this stuff, and we, we talked about this a little bit in, earlier, but um, Sarah has this phrase called, uh, she said, there are people who monkey bar date, and they, uh, they never go into the next one. They don't let go of the last one until they get the next one, you know? And uh, anyway, sorry, that's, a, that's, uh, that's idolatry, okay? That's funny, sorry. Some of you are like, is that me? Oh my gosh, you know. Um, but... Uh, I think, I think you have to know yourself. If you are dating to satisfy your soul, that's idolatry. Um, and I do think there's a sense in which every person in this room is going to struggle with that. You know, you, you, think, you think you're worried about it now as a single person. Wait till you meet someone you really like. Then it's going to consume your life. And you're going to have to figure out how to walk with the Lord through that. And you're not really going to be able to escape that um, unless you're way holier than anyone I've met. Um, but I, I, think, I think you have to know yourself. Um, I think it is okay. I'm not saying you date like 10 people in, in two months or anything like that, but like I think it is okay to intentionally pursue um, marriage in a way that may even look like, oh my gosh, they're just a serial. But, but like, like if your heart is right, if you're not looking for this to satisfy you, and if you are um, doing your best to walk in love towards others, um, I don't think it, I think uh, if you see someone and uh, if their life's a boat and behind them are just bodies floating in the water, dating-wise, okay, uh, I'm sure there's some unhealth or idolatry going on there. Um, but I think the important thing is the intentions of your heart. Um, are, are, you, are you pursuing the affections of some of the opposite sex for the sake of making you finally feel loved? That's idolatry. But if it's worth it, man, God, God has given marriage as provision. He's called it a good thing. I'm going to go for it. I think that's okay. Um, I think if you ask a girl out and she says straight up no, and you can ask her why, I think that's appropriate, you can ask her why, and she goes, well, I'm just not interested in you. Okay, wow, okay, thank you. Um, I, think, I think a conversation like that uh, is, okay, I think I'm just going to push the pause button for a little while. Um, however, does that mean you can't revisit it in six months or a year? No. But a week later, yeah, no means no. Um, I, I'll say additionally, though, additionally, though, and I, I really, I insist upon people being honest, if the girl says, you know, I'm just really busy right now, she has given you an end to ask her out again in a month. So girls, if you're not really busy and you don't want to date them, just say, I don't want to date you. Do you understand? Just be real clear. If everyone, if everybody was just, again, I, I, say, I, I don't like conflict, and so I don't speak, I, I don't say what I really mean. I, I grew up in a family where we were just kind of passive aggressive, and so that's very unhelpful in dating. You want to be clear. So if a girl is clearly like, I'm not interested in you, I'm whatever. 
push the pause button, even if you really like her, give it six months. But if she's like, yeah, I'm just kind of busy at work, maybe another time, then you pick up on that a month later, it's fine. I don't know if it's helpful or not. It's just my thoughts. It does, it does really stink to like someone who doesn't like you back. That, that's a bummer. Let's say, the girls, okay, let's say you go on a date with a guy, and I just, I'm trying to think of an example that's not. Let's just say in the two hours you're together, he talks for an hour and 53 minutes and you talk for seven minutes. And you're just like, I just can't do this, okay? And then he asks you on a second date and you say no, and he says, why? I, 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 I do, if you say it's not, it's not me, or it's not, it's not you, it's me, okay, I don't think you're helping him very much. I'm not saying you say, you talk for an hour and 53 minutes, like, come on. I'm not saying you say that. But I am saying that uh, I think clarity helps. It helps guys to be like, oh, she didn't like that I talked with my mouth open the entire time. It grossed her out. Okay, I can. I, I think I can work. Yeah, it might sting at first. It's like ripping a band aid off. Yeesh. But then you're like, oh, okay. All right, I can deal with that. Uh, and again, guys, I, I just, I feel for you. I don't like offending people. I, I don't speak my mind as often as I should. But I think um, you, you, everyone will be well served with, when there's honesty and clarity involved. Not harshness, not meanness, not trying to crush people, um, but being honest about it. Yeah. I think there's a sense in which uh, marriage is such a good thing and a big deal that those kind of costs are worth it. I think you should understand that, I mean, heck, it's gonna be, it can be awkward. Like, that's okay. I will also say, at the same time, um, oh, she said this to me, uh, I tend to be pretty self-conscious, and um, someone else who struggled with it said that, that one thing that helped him is that 95% of the time, you're the only person who's noticing your awkward weirdness. Um, most people, I, I think that he just said to me something like, you're not that big of a deal that everyone's like, Turn, you don't walk in a room and everyone turns and looks at you, okay? Unless you walk in like right now, then they would. But um, all that being said uh, is I think that when that a lot of the, oh my gosh, it's so weird now, is really just inside of you. Like, I, I, for example, I hear about you guys dating, not dating, things working out, things not, and it's not awkward for me at all. I can see you guys in the same room. It's not a big deal to me whatsoever. And so, anyways. Um, I think that some of that social stuff is very internal. And if you can learn, say, I know I feel like this is terribly awkward, but I'm just going to act as if it's not, the awkwardness goes away. Um, you can be you can be friends with someone who you were interested in didn't work out. You gotta be careful. You gotta, you know, don't don't Facebook stalk them, don't spend all your time with them, like right. Um, but there there is a possibility. Like, like, it's possible to get over that. And, and finally, I just say, you don't let fear of that dictate what, how you live. You don't let the fear of potential social awkwardness keep you from dating someone. But, yeah. That can be hard, though. I mean, I, I will just say it is hard. It's hard to get over that stuff inside of you that's like, oh, my gosh. When I walk in a room, she's like, you know? Um, but I think that if you, as you as you intentionally act and treat that person as if it wasn't awkward and painful, your feelings actually change. Answer this question in your small group. <clears throat> what are some expectations that you have personally for the dating process? 
conversation will go well. Good. Okay. Yes, Riley. Uh, Chelsea said that um, have support groups and have people want to talk into your life. Oh. Um, no matter what t- stage is, and then going off that, like, also the expectation that like it's not a marriage. Um, That's so good. Yeah, not not the fact that it's like oh we're like we're together, but it's like it's unhealthy if we try to act like husband and wife way mm-hmm. too early because then that that just like you you're not married yet, so therefore don't act married. Because then let's say you end up breaking up instead of having a breakup, you have a divorce, and it's, and it's that much more detrimental. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, uh, so we'll just let Riley teach the next lesson. We were going to talk about it. What, what date, like, when you find someone, how you date, and that's the first thing we'll talk about is how you're not in a pseudo marriage. You're in a marriage, you're in a relationship that is pursuing clarity for me. That's good. It's real good. Don't pretend you're married. It's good. So I think there are certain expectations that are right and biblical and that we need to hold to, certain expectations that uh, are so ridiculous we know they're stupid and we should just get over them. But then there are certain expectations that, uh, we kind of assume and haven't really thought carefully about. Uh, so, for, for example, a right and biblical expectation that you should like hold to uh, would be that we're going to be absolutely sexually pure as far as it depends upon us in this relationship. Or the person I am going to date, pursue marriage with, is going to respect me, right? Those are the kind of things that are, uh, um, are I'm, only, I'm only going to date a Christian who appears to be growing in their faith. Those are expectations that are right. You should hold to them. Expectation, you know, he's going to sing guitar songs to me. Okay, that's ridiculous. Just get over that. Leave that behind you, all right? But then there's some ones uh, that you really need to manage and be careful about, okay? Uh, first, I think you should be really careful about your expectations on what the dating process is going to feel like. Uh, I think a lot of us, I definitely thought that once you found the right person, not the, you know, not the one, there's, that's, a, that's a myth, okay? But once you found a right person, all right? that everything was just going to go well, that the reason your relationships have been so messy is because they weren't the right people, and the problem is the people and not the actual process. And guys, the, the reality is that the process itself is messy. Here's a Bible verse for dating and engagement. Through many trials, we must enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay? I mean, I'm, not, not, like, I'm kind of being serious about that. It, it's, the, dating and engagement are hard, messy processes. Um, they're hard for various reasons. Um, anything involving your heart is going to weigh on you. So again, I said this earlier, but when you're single, you're like, oh, I wish I had a girlfriend. I'm struggling with thinking about that all the time. Then you find someone you're interested in, and you you realize that it, all you're doing is thinking about that person. You're idolizing them. You're struggling spiritually with it. Um, you'll, it it's a mixed bag. You have battles and blessings. Um, they're wonderful things and hard things. There are times you connect with someone, times you miscommunicate. Um, there is certainty, perhaps, at the end of the road, but the whole dating process has a big question mark behind it. And that's really hard. I was actually, me and Sarah, I was talking to Sarah about this and just asking her, like, any thoughts? And she's like, you should tell them that dating is going to bring out your sin. So there's an aspect to, to the process of dating that is going to bring out your sin in the ways that other things won't. And that's just, that's just really sound counsel. So, so here's what I, here's what I uh, just manage your expectations for what it's going to feel like when you meet a right person and begin that relationship. It, it will be wonderful in some, in some ways. It will be great. You'll have this feeling, man, God's leading us together. This is wonderful. But there will also be messiness and brokenness.
And then, you, then when you get engaged, it gets 10 times worse for six months than it, than it gets, than gets better when you get married. But like, that there is some difficulty to the process. And don't think that just because the process is messy that it's not worth it. Anything in a fallen world is going to be messy. So I hope I didn't wreck your, uh, your expectations. But, but, but really, um, the goal is to not have a lovey-dovey story where everything works out wonderfully and you have all these amazing dating stories to tell and it was just all perfect. The goal is to find a godly spouse. And even if the process there is messy, it's worth it. Uh, second, um, I think you want to be careful uh, about... Um, and this is kind of what Abby said, but don't trust your crushes. Um, I think sometimes we just, again, we expect that what's going to happen is that there's going to be this powerful emotional attraction, which in a sense may happen, uh, but that that's going to be the ruling factor, um, that my intuitions are king when it comes to dating. I think that's a wrong expectation. I think your intuitions are important. And I think there is a sense in which you should feel right about someone as you date them. But I, al I also think that um, dating in community is helpful and that, that dating with outside voices and not solely trusting your feelings and instincts. So just two expectations. Um, just manage the expectations for how the process is going to feel. Um, finally, I just want to leave all of this. It'll be the last thing we say, and you guys can talk about it a little bit. But there's a verse in 1 Corinthians 16 that we'll talk about three Sundays from now, I think. Uh, and it says, let everything you do be done in love. And of course, love here is not gooey gooey love, but that biblical love that thinks of another and that sacrifices for another and that gives and that considers another better than itself. And I think, I think it'd be really fun and, and to process what it would look like to date and to pursue dating in a loving way. And what I mean is to pursue dating in a way that regards the needs of other people more than your own. So imagine this, okay? Uh, guys, imagine how transforming it would be for you if you thought to yourself, how can I ask this girl out in a way that considers her best interests? How can I make it not about me? Um, or girls, how can I let this guy down or say yes or whatever in a way um, how do I tell him I'm not interested in a way that blesses him um, I think I think, guys the rule of love that everything you should be in love I think that would be a radical way to date I think it would be a really helpful way to date to actually think about the process and when you find someone where you're like oh wow I'm attracted to them you know, I'm interested in them. and think about man, what in this situation what would actually be best for that person so in your groups uh, for two minutes, toss that around. What does it look like to date in a loving way? And then we'll bring it back for a question and answer. And then if y'all don't have anything, we'll be done.